So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics and podcast. And I'm fucking pumped to be here again. And as you can see, or maybe can't see because you're on a podcast, <laughs> actually, um, we will discuss again Essentialism. Uh, this book I was um, been discussing yesterday as well. So, because yesterday there were two episodes, um, I was both doing the um, Gary Vee book. So, thank you, Economy and essentialism um i quite think that is, that the essentialism book is quite okay you know it just <laughs> quite seems to be like some sort of a of a view of life or just a, a world view some kind of you know pretty much a lifestyle which is um maybe not as strong as i want to tell you it is something like i don't know something like a religion you know this might be a good one um which is you know pretty interesting for me because um yeah no you know it's just a way to to just view your world and so on so therefore it's a little bit overdone at my point of view but uh it has still quite a great um quite great insights i think and there will there are actually going to to be some pretty good points uh the author makes and which i'm going to discuss right now i do um just have to write something i'm sorry so uh, we will go on with focus on matters. I do think that I've stopped there because I can't remember the things that are standing here. So therefore, I just um, yeah, I just go on with that one and see how how long I can go with that or how just how far I come today um, or how far I will make it today with you. And today then will be the Thank You Economy by Gary V, um, which I'm incredibly pumped for, and I still was today. Um, actually, when I was in the train, I was like, you know, um, I kind of feel more like, you know, doing something from Gary Vee, but um, I made myself the schedule, I made myself the mix-up thing, and I made myself the uh, kind of promise to not make, you know, two, you know, two exact same things uh, after one and another, and therefore I'm just doing this right now. Um, but the thing is, um, as I've seen that there's actually some quite great points uh, coming up quite now, um, I was fucking pumped to just go through it because I immediately just knew what I just will, you know, talk about this. So focus on what matters. We have all felt lost and unmotivated at different points in our life. Often we are faced with too much information or have too many choices and you simply do not know what you need to focus on. Rather than making a choice and moving forward, we find ourselves stationary and stagnant, making no progress and anything at all. Or even worse, moving backward, which is definitely definitely a thing that could be that could be um, could be a curing, you know, or could just you know happen, because um, this is actually something that I've been talking about in the last episode as well, uh, which is definitely something that I have been experiencing in terms of not making regular uh, breaks or pauses or whatever you want to call it, um, which is at my point of view pretty important because. Um, for me, it feels like, you know, if you just, you know, work, work, work and work, which is, I think, just <laughs> the exact same way I was, as I was explaining it the last time, if you're just working all the time, at my point of view, that, you know, there will be some times where you're just not that productive as in the really beginning of your work period. And therefore, for me, it is just good to have some, some pauses or breaks 
which I'm actually not doing and which should actually be some kind of scheduled. If it be like, yeah, okay, I will make a, a pause or break when I just feel like it, this won't work because then you will be like, okay, I, I have a pause right there or a break right there and then I will, I, you know, start working again. But then just after the start, you immediately feel like, okay, you need another break. And if you then make one, you know, you just, you know... Um, come to the point where you just do make only breaks and do just not work at all, which is just unproductive and not good for your business or <laughs> for whatever you're doing it. Um, but actually having scheduled breaks where you just say, okay, you do, um, which is an example I made and which is something that I've heard somewhere. I think it is the pro pro Pomodoro principle. I don't know. I've just forgotten it. I'm sorry. And which is 20%, uh, not 20%, but 25%. Um, minutes of work followed by five minutes of um, of a break of a small little break to kind of recover and rehab and um, you know just just not not getting in this unproductive mood that you might be or you might come if you just work 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 and work um, it is actually something that I have tried um, at my point of view with um, creative work it's it's nothing uh, that that will work that much or that good because um, if you're doing something creative, there might be some kind of a flow. And um, yeah, and if you're in your flow and you do just are kind of, you know, forced to make a break, this is total shit because you then just lose your flow and lose your all your ideas and all this good stuff. And therefore, I would say that having this kind of principle is quite only good for things you don't have to to be creative for, which is just, just work, you know, it's just you know, maybe filling out data or just moving data or, you know, sorting out your PC or, or whatever you're doing, just, you know, some, um, just, you know, some work that could, could be done by everyone quite <laughs> without, you know, degrading anyone, but, you know, you know what I mean. So make Q and encourage you to stop hyper-focusing on minor details and start looking at the big picture. This is where we are going to make progress. And this is definitely it. And I know I've been, I'm sorry, um, I've been, I'm sorry again, uh, I've, been I've been discussing this point uh, just before, but I still know that I've been stopping here, you know, pretty much under this paragraph or under this code, um, actually as well, um, which there are pretty, pretty good points at my point of view. But um, discerning what is essential to explore requires us to be disciplined in how we scan and filter all the competition or com competing and conflict conflicting facts options and options constantly vying is it vying it's it's v y i n g for our attention McEwen has the following tips to help you to focus on the bigger picture and stop hyper focusing on small details the first one is and i will go through it uh, so all the all those tips and i just then talk about each and another if I do just feel like it or if I do just have to have to say something about it. So uh, the first one is keep a journal. The second one is get out into the field and get out there and fully explore the problem. The problem. Keep your eyes peeled from abnormal and unusual details and clarify the question, what question are you trying to answer? Um, these are, at my point of view, pretty, pretty, pretty fucking good points. Um, the first which is, you know, keep a journal, is actually a good one because I often feel like, okay, or I just, you know, understand it why he maybe makes the point or he maybe is making the point 
because um, if you do keep a journal and just you know write down your progress, you can clearly see if you're if you are progressing or not, and if you're maybe just focusing on the wrong things or not. You know, if you just feel like okay, I'm not progressing at all in just you know five weeks, four weeks, whatever, then you you know might clearly see that you're focusing on the wrong thing, and therefore you could change it up. You know keep your journal again and then you can see okay was it a better thing you know have you done better than the month before or the weeks before where you just you know had some kind of other focus or not you know i think it's it's a pretty good one the second one is get out into the field um this is definitely something that i would suggest if you're just doing something theoretically that you could actually be doing practically you know um a lot of times i kind of feel like okay um, just making something theoretically is good, okay, you just need the knowledge at first, this is something I like personally, just having the knowledge first and then actually just going out and trying my stuff and just trying, okay, what can I do with this, you know, which is, you know, the same thing that I'm always doing with new programs, I I'm do just learning, um, which is, I do just, you know, get 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 the basic knowledge um, where, I can, where I can find, you know, the things I just need. And then I will just, you know, try certain things and try um, what works best for me and how I'm the fastest and whatever. Um, because often it feels like for me that if you're in the practical world, there are, you know, pretty much different problems than in the theoretical world. You know, often there are just more problems or just problems you, you didn't expect to have. Um, keep your eyes peeled for abnormal and unusual data, uh, which is something I do not quite understand, so therefore I will skip it. <laughs> and uh, the fifth, no, actually fourth one, clarify the question, what question are you trying to answer? Um, which is kind of basically for me, if I just, you know, understand it correctly, uh, the same thing as the first one, so keep a journal, which is, um, are you actually focusing on the right thing? Are you actually, um, you know, kind of decoding the answer you wanted to keep wanted to decode and the really really beginning you know if you then just see like okay um you're working towards some something else and you're just actually um answering another question okay you just have to just refocus just see okay um what your actual focus should be and then you actually focus on the thing that you know you will know that you will just be able to answer this question you're having or you're actually having <laughs> or you initially had <laughs> whatever um, allow yourself to play. Um, this is for me something important because as I said before, I always like to play with things like, you know, if it's programs, if it's um, just everything that I c could kind of be be just playing with, you know, I kind of feel like, okay, just trying out stuff is the, is the thing that works best for me. You know, I'm not like a person who, you know, does it theoretically so often that, you know, I'm sure that I know it. No, I quite, you know, do it practically and just see, okay, I can do this and I couldn't do that. But, you know, what if I do this? You know, okay, then I just see I fucked everything up. Okay, I will not do it. <laughs> and so on. And so it's time to stop. It's time to stop perceiving play as a time where you are neglecting your, your responsibilities. Stop feeling lazy when you're not 100% focused on work or the big picture. McCune explains that play is a significant piece of the essentialist puzzle because it provides a platform for exploration. Play allows you to expand your knowledge and uncover a broader range of options. Play allows you to see things in a way that you might never have, have if you didn't allow yourself the opportunity to play. <clears throat> having time to play opens up 
uh, to meeting people in a different environment and making new connections. Uh, play can be used as a platform to broaden perspectives and challenge assumptions. It's time for imagination and can be where new ideas are born are born. McCune explains that play is also essential in managing your own stress. If you're feeling like highly stressed, your creativity and productivity are immediately affected and the quality of your work and life will decrease. Allowing yourself the freedom to play provides you with an opportunity to reset and re-energize. And this is definitely something I believe in because um, I'm pretty thankful and grateful for me being actually in a pretty creative school and having you know just a lot of freedom in terms of my creativity and just you know actually being able to to do things and um, you know at the end it always comes up to solving problems which is definitely something I I like to do definitely because I think it's fun to just you know have all the kind of variables and just see okay what's working and what's not working and just you know figuring the whole stuff out it's always fun for me so um, I always like it but I did actually want uh, to make another point about this. Um, oh yeah. Um, I actually wanted to say something else, you know, something pretty important actually, which is uh, which is a little bit of pity, a little, little, little bit of pity. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, for me, actually, playing is pretty important, as I was saying. You know, it's it's the same thing. I feel like, okay, if I do everything so strict and I just, you know, do it like, you know, the plan all the fucking time, I feel like, okay, um, it's a little bit, actually, yeah, not good for my life and not good for my body. And I do quite feel it if I'm just, you know, doing my workouts. Um, I do quite... I uh, always had it like 40 minutes long. I'm now just upgraded to 60 minutes because I felt like, okay, I need to step up my game a little bit because I, I didn't really see the progress anymore, so that much, um, which was a little bit bad, you know, especially when you're just, um, when you've just been, um, you know, working out for such a long time without actually seeing, you know, that much progress, um, which is definitely <laughs> because I do not uh, train out or do not work out, sorry, with a plan or something, and I actually do not just pretty much, you know, writing down my, my, my progress and whatever, but, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but yeah, I always feel like, you know, at the end of my workout or just, you know, you know, going to the end of the workout, I pretty much feel like, okay, I do just, you know, pretty much want to do what I want, you know, I want to be creative with my body, seeing, okay, can I do this, can I do that, and for me, it's actually important to just, you know, free up the time for for just you know trying out certain stuff because um you might know that I'm doing only calisthenics um maybe with with a little bit weighted training as well so um you know especially weighted um squats and all these things are important for me because my own body weight is too light for my for my fucking feet and therefore I do just you know have to step up step it up a little bit um but um you know just actually seeing and trying out what you can actually be doing with your body alone without any weight and so on in terms of actual you know the, those calisthenic moves which are you know the human flag and all these great things um it's always great to have some time to to try out these things and see okay um i'm that much away from that um that much away from this one and that one and you know whatever so for me actually playing therefore i'm just really feeling with him uh, it's pretty important. Mine, mine your past for play memories. What did you do as a child that excited you? And how can you recreate that today? 
Okay, yeah, a good idea. Actually, a pretty good idea. And now we come to a point this is so fucking important and a lot of people fuck with it, which is totally, you know, pretty much unacceptable for me, even though I do just fuck with it so incredibly as well. It's sleep and recover, you know, for the <laughs> for all the for all the YouTube viewers, it might be like, okay, you know, I just, you know, I can read it. Thank you, man. Um, but for the podcast, listen, podcast listeners, it's sleep and recover. And why I do fuck with it? Yeah, I do just kind of dismiss sleep and I kind of be like, okay, it's okay for me not sleeping that much if I can just work on the things I love. So, you know, what I'm doing quite right now, um, which is often not the best thing because you just always have to look at, look at it like, okay, if you do just cut sleep today a little bit, you will be just, you know, not feeling that good tomorrow. So to actually, you know, be able to create the best tomorrow, you should, you know, have the best today or should create, you know, the best opportunities for tomorrow actually being at its at its best. Um, which means that, you know, if you just, you know, cut your sleep and fuck with your sleep, you will definitely, you know, it will always come up to, to who you are because um, Joko Wilding, you know, the seal, um, the ex-seal uh, kind of, what is it called? Um leader, first of all, and or commander, whatever it is called, and instructor as well, and he's only just pretty much sleeping five hours a night, you know, he gets up at five, and no, 4.30, and he goes to bed, goes to bed like, you know, uh, 11 p.m. or just, you know, 10 p.m. or something like that, which um, will then be at the end just five or six hours of sleep, which is definitely, you know, way too less for me, you know, I quite feel like just really shit if I do just sleep only six or seven, eight hours, uh, six or seven hours, actually, you know, even though seven hours is actually, I don't know, pretty much, but, um, you know, it always comes up to who you are and how your body reacts to what you're doing. And I think it always comes up to, um, you know, if you're happy with doing um, what really just, you know, lets you cut your sleep or just, you know, moves you to cutting your sleep. Because, yeah, I'm working here, which is definitely something I want to do. Um, but I can just, you know, imagine being or being at work just so late um, work that you actually do not like or aren't passionate about, which then just fucking fucks and destroys your whole life completely if you can't even sleep anymore, you know, you because you're just doing the same shit you're actually not liking over and over again and just, you know, until you just have to go to bed without actually being able to do something else. I would understand deeply that this will fucking fuck you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, all too often we all heard complaining that there are not enough hours in the day, which is total shit. It always comes up to, you know, how you're preferencing your hours and what you're doing. And um, you could be like, okay, I cut out more leisure time and this leisure time I will just sleep, you know. If you're just coming home so late that you aren't able to do something else, just, you know, pretty much, you know, going into the shower, having a shower, eating something, taking a shit, whatever, and then actually, you know, going to bed yeah, then just cut out leisure time, you know, if to, to feel good. But yeah, um, wishing that we didn't need to sleep as much so we could squeeze more in. Or we simply go to bed far too late and get up far too early. McCune explains that this approach is exactly what essentialists avoid. Sleep is not a burden, it's not a barrier to getting things done. We need to shift our mindset and view and view sleep as a necessary tool, which is definitely the truth, because, you know, all these people who think, like, they can live without sleep, it's, you know, it's total shit, you need sleep, it's, you know, the time you're actually recovering your whole body, your mind, and all, everything quite, 
Um, so we need to shift our mindset to view sleep as a necessary tool. Without sleep, we face burnout, a lack of creativity, productivity, and our general quality of life decreases. And, you know, besides that also your health just, you know, is really fucked because you, you need to sleep. You know, human wouldn't exist without, you know, sleeping. We just need to sleep. Um, without sleep, yeah, I've, I've uh, read this. Um, essentialists view sleep as a crucial part of the puzzle and they will specifically design more time for sleep. Acknowledging that with more sleep, they will actually have more energy and motivation as a result get more done. Sleep is what allows you to operate at our at our highest level of contribution so that we can achieve more in less time. Sleep will enhance your ability to explore, make connections and do less but better throughout your waking hours. Uh, that's definitely the, the truth and this is actually what um, Gary Vee also emphasizes. It's um, besides that, um, you know, pretty much critical point because he gets pretty much criticized for it as well because he's been emphasizing and underlining the fact that we all should work more and, you know, work longer and just work on things we love besides our actual work maybe, um, which is definitely something he has been criticizing, has been criticized for. Um but he then actually said, okay, you know, he gives a fuck about how long you sleep, which is, you know, now totally the truth. It's about what you're doing in the hours you're awake, which is, you know, just pretty much okay. You know, it's it makes sense. You know, you could be sleeping eight hours a day, you know, totally. But if you just do just fuck around with the time, um, you know, around the day or in the day and you just um, kind of do not squeeze out every single minute out of your 18 hours or maybe 16 hours you're having then okay then you just have to cut sleep okay to to just really be successful or just really get to where you want to get it makes sense for me at least um so therefore yeah it's about what you're doing in the day and not what you're doing about your sleep you know sleep is important hell yeah or no this is potential potentially one of my favorite quotes from this book or any book really no more yes, it's either hell yeah or no. In essentialism, McEwen explains this 90% rule as something that can be used in almost any situation. When faced with an important decision, give the option a rating, anywhere between 0 to 100. Uh, if it falls under 90%, discard and reject it. It's not worth your time and energy. Anything over 90% can be pursued. And this will help you avoid getting stuck with things that are only rated at 50 or 60. When faced with a new opportunity, McEwen recommends using this approach, which is definitely something that I've been thinking quite now about, because I always feel like if I hear something new or something that I haven't particularly done in you know such a way yet, uh, I always quite feel like, okay, uh, I actually don't want to do it, you know, because it's something new and I just, you know, maybe don't like it. I don't know why. You know, it's just pretty interesting. I do um, quite feel like changing it as well because it uh, prevents me actually from doing good things, I think. Um, and therefore, most of the time, I feel like, okay, saying no, actually, and being like, okay, this is definitely not a 90%, definitely not, um, but it's something I should have done, maybe, you know, or something that I would enjoy if I would do it, you know. And as I was playing soccer um, in my youth, I have been playing soccer for... A pretty long time, I would say. It was always like if I had some kind of um, tournaments on the weekends, it was always like, no, I, I don't want to go. And my parents always just were, were like, okay, because they knew me. They were like, yeah, you're going anyways. 
And I went there and everything, you know, at the end was pretty great. I enjoyed it as always and I had my fun and everything was turning out pretty good. And um, this is something, if you have to have the same problem to just, you know, pretty much calculate in to the whole equation of, of the 90%, because you would just see, okay, it's something you new and you do not actually know if it is a 90% or not, just, you know, just pretty sure, um, then maybe you should even do it um, to actually, you know, just know if it is then worth afterwards again or actually not. But we will actually see what the author says about his three-step, um, yeah, pretty much approach on how to actually face new opportunities. The first one is write down on a piece of paper what the opportunity is, which then would be, for example, speaking at an event. Second one is under the opportunity, decide on three key criteria that the opportunity would need to pass before you would consider pursuing. Um, which then would be an audience over 1,000 people or travel costs covered. Um, the third one is write down the. I'm sorry. Uh, write down the ideal criteria, the best case scenario, which would then be 5,000 people in the audience, and you are you are to receive a speaker's fee. Um, this makes sense for me because you then just see. Um, okay. Um, first of all, um, is. Uh, what what is the thing that I would have to do? You know, what is actually the thing to just really show it up? Maybe you have it in terms of a table and, you know, something like this because you it's just, you know, better to look at and you just have a better overview, overview of everything. And then the second one actually being like, okay, what is the minimal thing that, you know, it has to be like so that I will actually do it or that it would make any sense for me or that I would pretty much, you know, you know, think about actually doing it. <laughs> And then the third one being like, okay, you know, what is the best case scenario? What could be or what, um, yeah, what could be the best thing that could happen in this quite scenario? Um, which then, you know, in terms of this would be 5,000 people being at the, being in the audience and you actually receiving something for it. I think this is a, this is a pretty good approach. And um, I think this is besides that a non-emotional approach, a non-emotional uh, approach, approach, sorry, um, because often I feel like, okay, we are always making decisions based on our feelings, um, which is definitely something you shouldn't be doing because you, you know, for sure make some other decisions when you're in a good mood or you're in a bad mood. You know, it makes sense. Um, but what the fuck I'm doing? <laughs> um, but besides that, I, I feel like, yeah, it is pretty, pretty objective and you clearly see, okay, um, this is something you should maybe try and this is something you should never try and therefore you can definitely be like okay this is worth it or this is not worth it so now if the opportunity does meet your three three key criteria then you need to say so if the opportunity doesn't meet your three three key criteria then you need to say no makes sense um, but it, but if it also doesn't pass three out of two out of three of your ideal criteria, then the answer should still be no. This means that you can figure out which opportunities are truly going to benefit you and are essential. Yes, that's true. You know, just really cutting out every single thing that's not fully in your criteria. You know, even though it's a three out of two out of three or maybe a 2.5 out of three, you just, you know, fuck it anyways, because it's just, you know, be objective with it and be like, okay, you know, this is something that's not working for me, you know, or it seems like not working for me, so I don't do it. 
And again, the great quote, no more yes, it's either hell yeah or no. The third one is eliminate, get rid of the non-essential. The first section of McEwan's book is designed to help you eliminate all the non-essential and free up some time and energy to focus on the things in your life that are vital. Again, McEwan suggests you shift your approach rather than asking yourself which things you should say yes to, ask yourself what you will say no to. This will help you to reveal your true priorities and uncover the things that you can easily discard. Yeah, this makes sense. You know, it's um, easy to just, you know, you know, really quite sort out everything that's definitely a no than being like, okay, this is a yes and this is a yes because you, you know, for sure might be a little bit more, you know, friendly with these things. If, you know, it doesn't make any sense in this context, but you'll be like, okay, this is a yes and that is a yes. Uh, okay, maybe this is also a yes, you know, but you know, if it's a no, it's a no. I hope you get what I mean quite. <laughs> I hope it... Uh, make decisions. Um, definitely something I can't do yet. You know, this is something I do just really have to work on because I can't do it. I don't know why, but it is so hard for me making actual decisions, especially when it's a, a tough decision and when, when it's something that I do have to think about a pretty much, you know, long time, um, especially things that I'm buying because I'm never ever buying something. I'm, you know, never pretty much consuming anything but, you know, the things that I put in my mouth or just the things that I eat or drink or whatever. Um, but I never just buy clothes. This is something I totally hate quite because it's taking up so much time and money and I do quite feel like, okay, I, you know, want to look good. I want to look okay, but I do not have to wear, you know, the newest shit. You know, if it, if everything is looking good at me, it's okay. And I would rather spend the time on actually working out so that I actually just, you know, look good in every piece of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> this always reminds me on the, I think it was, it is actually a YouTube channel called um, Train to Look Good Naked. I feel like, or it is on Instagram, I don't know. It always comes up to my mind when I talk about, yeah, actually working out to look good in terms of, you know, buying clothes or this shit. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, one of the first decisions McEwen recommends that you make when you take on essentialism is to eliminate any activity that doesn't align with your support with or support your big picture goals, which is, you know, always the thing that I'm talking about, which is, you know, really making choices based on your values and on your goals. Because if you're only doing it, you know, like this, without, you know, pretty much cutting out all the emotions you're having, or all the quite, you know, um, yeah, pretty much emotions, you know, often emotions, I think, are just the reason why we choose something that is, at the end, maybe not that good, but um, maybe, you know, even the other way around, which could also be, be a thing. But um, I think if you're just really objective and make everything based on your goals and values, it is for sure that you will just achieve your goals and values someday you know i won't say that you know by doing this you will actually have it in the next few weeks your goal um but it will definitely make sense if you just do it because you actually be like okay uh no i've explained it so often i think i just piss people off to be honest um McEwen explains that in the workplace it can be particularly 
detrimental to have tasks and jobs that don't clearly align with the end goal. If you're part of a team but don't know what the team stands for or what your specific goals and roles are, you're likely to face confusion, stress and frustration. Instead, by defining activities and roles in relation to the end goals, people have clarity about what is expected of them and are able to work to a higher standard yeah definitely and i think it's always good in a team to just see okay um who is the best at this and who is the best at that and just you know make make the team and just you know uh give every particular team member uh the work he's you know essentially good at or especially good at essential intent uh what you need to apply to these activities is where i am okay no uh, is essential intent. As defined by McEwen, essential intent is both inspirational and concrete in nature. It is able to be measured and brings meaning. Done right, an essential intent is one decision that settles 1,000 later, 1, later decisions. The key question that you need to ask yourself is, if we could be truly excellent at only one thing, what would it be? McEwen explains that by asking yourself this question, you will be able to influence all future decisions. Yeah, because you're just pretty much focusing on that one thing. You're focusing, okay, I want to be good at this or that thing. So you will do everything to just be good at this or that, which is actually a pretty good idea because, um, yeah, yeah, never mind. You know, I wanted to say that it's always good to just, you know, build up your strengths and, you know, just, you know, let down everything you're weak at. Because getting some kind of mediocre at something you're actually weak at just just takes up a lot of time, you know. But things you're good at, you know, it won't take any time to just really get the best at it and so on and so on. So it will take time, but not as much. Um, but besides that... Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I just wanted to say actually that you just need one particular thing to be really, really good at. Um, I don't actually know. You know, in terms of being an employee, yeah, totally. You know, if you're a graphic design employee, you just only have to be good at graphic designing and then you just get a job. You know, if you're really just the best one, um, you can even just have your own agency as well. So nothing to, to cut out, but, but yeah, never mind. <laughs> Uh, McEwen explains that by asking yourself this question, you will... I have read this one. <coughs> it's not an easy task to create essential intent. McEwen explains that you really have to be brave, look deep inside and have the for foresight... Uh, the foresight to recognize what is exactly that will contribute to uh, you meeting your own expectations, to reaching your big picture goals. Um... McEwen explains that there are always going to be com competing priorities, but we have to recognize this and acknowledge that they are only a distraction getting in the way of us realizing our true intent. Eliminating them may be difficult, but it will be beneficial. Um, and it is always good to just know that in the big picture, you will just come to your or will just, you know, achieve your fucking goal. You know, even though, uh, which was, which is actually something that I've been thinking about yesterday, um, I was thinking like, okay, you know, if you're hardworking in the big picture, you know, pretty much, you know, in a macro, you are hardworking, then um, it's probably not that bad to just, you know, pretty much reset one day or just don't work one day, um, even though the thing is, um, 
if you're just micro gets your macro in terms of you know not working or just not hard working you will be fucked you know if your big picture is not working then you are not working but um i kind of you know, kind of thought about this and i kind of thought like okay is this the truth could this be a thing you know does this make sense and so therefore if you just think like okay this doesn't make any sense you motherfucker Tell me, please. Just, you know, write me a DM on, on Snapchat. Not actually on Snapchat. I do not have Snapchat yet. I'm quite thinking about having it because I I feel like, okay, you know, it makes sense because there are a lot of people on Snapchat actually. And there will be a future of Snapchat definitely, I think. Um, but, um, but besides that, um, I'm not that active at Instagram stories as well. So therefore actually having Snapchat stories and also because I have... I do have, you know, a private Snapchat account, which, you know, may then lead to actually having to just switch the accounts over and over again, which is something that's that's not working for me because it would just take up so much time. But um, they are just people, you know, and um, you always have to be where your customer is if he is on or she is on Facebook, if she or he is on Instagram or on Snapchat or on LinkedIn even, you have to be there. Um, it it is worth the effort because only with real clarity of purpose can people, teams, and organizations fully mobilize and achieve something truly excellent. No is powerful. So no in quotation marks. How often do you find yourself saying yes or agreeing to something you don't actually want to do? All too often we say yes simply avoiding to, simply to avoid other conflicts or any any further conflicts. McEwen explains that as an essentialist, you need to master how to negotiate these moments to be both brave and graceful. It's one of the most important skills McEwen teaches, but equally the most difficult to master. McEwen explains that when you aren't aware of what is essential, it will be almost impossible, especially when put on the spot, to choose what activities are essential and which are not. Um, People are effective because they say... No, um, which is totally important to, I think he has just pointed it out, um, you know, just before me, in this way now, um, because yeah, if you do just say no to the things you are not passionate about, or you just completely know these won't, you know, get you further to your goal, or whatever, then not doing them is a good thing, because you're just, you know, creating more space, or having the framework for having more space for and or time for the actual things that you're passionate about and love, and you think that, um, you know, will just get you further to your actual goal or, yeah, what you want to achieve. Um, by learning to say no to the non-essentials, as a result, you free up your time <laughs> and energy to say yes to the things that are truly essential, those that truly matter. And because of energy, I do just have to be a little philosophical, <laughs> philosophical right now, um, which is something I quite often talked about. I hope I'm not fucking with the people who just you know, listen to my podcast or have been listening to a lot of them. And I do say the, a lot of shit, you know, over and over again. But it's something that I um, do quite find pretty interesting and pretty good to know. And But yeah, um, in terms of energy, it's totally the truth. Because we all have only one tank of willpower. Um, why it is only one tank and it's like four or three for different locations um, because as you can see you know if you're coming back at back home you know in the 
in the night or in the evening, whatever, and then you will definitely feel more challenged to to eating healthy, if you're eating healthy, then in the morning, because you do not have that much power left, even though just, you know, maybe you have been working out before, or you have been, you know, actually normally working, um, this has nothing to do with eating, but, um, you know, it still drowns, or is it drowses? Is it drowses, or it just, you know, makes your willpower a little bit smaller, or a little bit less, you know, it doesn't matter if it's um, I don't know the work that's that's making it less, or if it's um, you working out, or if it's uh, you. What could you do as well? You cooking, and this is you know making your willpower less and whatever. And at the end, you only have one tank of willpower. And and the good thing about this is, if you yeah just cut out everything that's non-essential for you, you will just have more willpower as well because you're not just you know using your time and energy for things. Um, you know that you know aren't essential for you, and um, but yeah, even though which is something important additionally to this point is that, um, at my point of view, it is quite important to do some things you are not passionate about or you particularly not like as well. Because why? Um, you pretty much you know create the discipline for yourself to just really um, yeah do your thing and to really just build up your willpower. Um, because willpower is only one tank, you're also able to just um, really build up that willpower through just a, a really simple area or area that is, you know, pretty convenient for you, you know, which will be like maybe you're just sitting straight more often, which is, you know, something I've learned from a book, actually, um, which is the truth, you know, just telling yourself to sit straight over and over again and being disciplined in this way just will create the willpower in other areas of your life. Totally, um, but yeah, but yeah, um, it is to say no frequently and gracefully to everything but what is truly vital. By embracing essentialism, you have to accept that you are not always going to be the most popular. By default, people are often hurt or shocked when they are told no. But McHugh explains that by learning to say no respectfully and gracefully, we really help. Um, it's time to it's time to uncommit. Sunk cost bias is the term McEwen uses to describe what happens when we continuously invest our time, money and energy into a product that deep down we know is not going to make it or is already failing. We do this because the money, time and energy we have already invested is the driver. This is where an essentialist steps up. McEwen describes an essentialist as someone who can acknowledge their own mistakes and have the bravery to uncommit despite whatever costs, monetary or likewise have been invested. Don't ask how will I feel if it's, if I miss out on this opportunity, but rather if I if I did not have this opportunity, how much would I be willing to sacrifice in order to obtain it? It's a good question, you know. Um, and it's always like, okay, um, yeah, it is always like, um, I, I don't know where I have it from, but um, actually just being like, okay, rating your situation. Um, what is the worst case scenario? Or what could happen if you just not do it anymore? And, you know, it's it's just, I don't know, you know, what, what's what's the, the, the benefits of not doing it? Or just, you know, or <laughs> how should I say it? What's the benefits of actually still doing it? What are the benefits of that? 
and just rating it from 0 to 10. And then be like, okay, what's the, um, what's the, what's the good thing about actually not doing it if I haven't said it? I, I hope I do not mix it up. So rate the, the worst case scenario and rate the best case scenario in terms of, yeah, you actually doing it uh, or you're still doing it, you just do it, I know, you go on doing it, yeah, totally, <laughs> you go on doing it, or you just, you know, uncommit it, you know, what's best, you know, rate it, you know, you can actually be like, okay, I will get more time to just actually do something else that I'm, that I know will just give me more opportunities, or will make me happier, or will make me somewhat, you know, I don't know, um, or, okay, um, this other thing might not work, so I will just still be at the other thing and, you know, just try to kind of make a curve and do the everything great again. Make everything great again. <laughs> Funny. Um, you know, just rating it. You know, it's always the same thing with scenarios. Just rate um, the best case scenario and the worst case scenario. And if you clearly see that your worst case scenario is uh, 3 at the worst scale of 1, four, of one to, to 10... But your best case scenario is actually a, a 10 at a 1 to 10 scale in terms of being actually good, then you should totally make the best case scenario because the you know the ROI, the return of investment, or you know the, the return would be much better than the temporary pain or the temporary um, failure you will have at um, you know actually not doing it. But yeah. Um, I think we're, we're getting on quite okay with it. I, I could be a little faster, definitely. Um, but I kind of feel like, okay, we will just finish it by the end of the next episode. I'm actually doing it so um, not tomorrow, but the day after tomorrow. Is that actually worth for for um, two days after now, quite? Or two days after this day? So not tomorrow, but the next day. Is it the next day? I don't know, you know, this is, this is the thing, I often do quite, don't know all these easy words, um, but we have stopped at always be editing, and this is it with the episode, I hope uh, I wasn't speaking too quiet, by the way, I hope everything was good, I hope the quality was good, I hope uh, the content was good, I hope you have, you know, you were able to learn something, um, I do quite feel like, okay, I just see that I could actually be be doing it like this, then you could see me even more, even though you just see my phone, but there is nothing on it, so therefore it's okay. But um, yeah, with that being said, I hope you have a wonderful day or night, what actually time zone you are in now. Um, but uh, I ho hope you health, wealth, happiness, I hope you're giving back something and uh, a great legacy. And yeah, have a wonderful day and I love you. <laughs>